0: Hey man, talk to me real quick, bro. What's
1: going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your man Sean Toy, the host of the Unconquerable because we believe show. It's an honor to be here. We are here about to set episode three: Systematic Barriers and Unconquerable, baby. You gotta be. You gotta believe in this, yo. Mm-hmm. You see that feather? That's a feather pin, so that you can write your story. That's a quill, so that you can paint your own canvas. Fuck up. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, man. It's your man Sean Torrey with the Unconquerable because we believe the show. Thank you so much uh, for everyone that are here today. First of all, give a round of applause for yourselves for those who's here. Okay, we have some power, some city, local government powerhouses in the house today um, that I, I'm just honored to have here. So I wanted to start with this woman to the right. We have Miss. Uh, Cecilia Gonzalez I'll allow her to introduce herself though
0: (laughs) Um, Hi everyone, my name is Cecilia Gonzalez and I represent Assembly District 16 in the Nevada Legislature When I'm not in the Nevada Legislature I'm also a full-time PhD student at UNLV in Multicultural Education
1: Yes, yes. In class with me. <laughs> 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 and to, to this this great brother to my right is my great, my frat brother, the the, 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 chapter, president, the chapter president of our local chapter, Theta Pala and the chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Attorney Incorporated, Atar. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, on.
2: everyone. Uh, Atar Hasibula. Um, I'm an attorney here. I'm a product of Las Vegas, uh, the local president for the Vegas Alphas uh, I'm also the executive director for the ACLU of Nevada, and I was the first person of color appointed to that position in January of 2021. Snap, that! You're yeah, right. about to say right. Like, he, he, it. he said it so like, smooth. Well, right. <laughs> 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 for, for the
3: culture. For the- he yeah, yeah. he, when he said
0: I'm a product of
1: Las Vegas. I was like, damn, I
2: missed hey, my missed to talk
1: about how I'm also I'm a product of Las Vegas. <laughs> 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 And last, and last but not least, right? Because first of all, we got this too many powerhouses. I need to do something better with my life. <laughs> so, we have the last powerhouse in the house, Miss Mingo. Could you please introduce yourself?
3: Hi, everybody. I'm Danisha Mingo. I'm the owner of Mingo Health Solutions, on its MHS Behavioral Services, where we just celebrated our five year anniversary on Friday. are oh, talking about? And going forward, March 26th is in clark county mingo health solutions day so y'all make sure y'all celebrate with us i'm also a las vegas native a board member of our local urban chamber of commerce founder of solutions of change nonprofit and uh
1: Go visit our website okay. <laughs> Can I just get snaps you? a plug, made the plug. Wait, Can I get a snap? you can get You got the, the
2: website blog. in there too? I gotta get
1: the website in Man, uh, Go ahead, drop the website on go H-L-U-N-V. Drop H-L-U-N-V. the Votar Go dot org Or the other ones but I... <laughs> Yo, this is why I'm so happy to have y'all here This is nothing but Family And I'm, I'm thankful that y'all are here So, for for those who are tuning in uh, to, the, to this episode This is episode 3, Systematical Barriers, right? Um, and, where, and kind of where this whole uncomfortable thing started as Cecilia and I were getting ready for the program to start. I was like, OK, what am I going to do? Everyone knows who knows me knows I do mentorship. So I thought about the Uncomparable and how it came from Invictus. And I made my own definition for it, which is uh, one who takes on structural, personal, economical and systematical barriers and still becomes successful regardless of what comes their way. And from that, I was all right, cool. I'm going to focus on black men. And my dissertation topic is what factors of informal and formal mentorship are effective towards black men and degree completion. So as you all know, I work for the College of Southern Nevada, which is an honor. And, to, and I've had episode one and two. And now we're here on episode three. Right. And the first and really this this space is for us to have a natural com- organic conversation about what's going on out here and we throw these terms out that people really don't know and you're up at the legislative right you both are and you're heavy in the mental health field and we don't talk about systematical barriers enough people hear the word but they don't really understand what that means so I wanted to ask y'all right the first question is What's systematical barriers? Like, I hear it all the time. People hear it all the time. But I don't think people really understand what that means. So can, can y'all really explain to the people and to us, like, what is systematical barriers? I can let the academic go first. Why am I labeled as the academic? <laughs> not an academic? He's
0: an academic,
1: too, but you can't answer right now. I can't so. answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right. Um,
0: <laughs> so I think that's a great question that you bring up that people don't – understand what systematical barriers are and I would say it's because it's so insidious in our community Mm -hmm. and that it's so like embedded that people don't really understand what's happening to them It's not an outlier right they're not special in a way that Mm -hmm. I'm going through all these things it's like no girl it's like systematically set up for you to be this way right Mm -hmm. from housing discrimination to low income wage gap to Um, our overall education system in general, right? Like we literally tell children what zip codes they live in are only as good as what schools they can attend. Right. Um, and again, when we say systematic, it's all the systems working together, education, housing, um, the wage gap, our economy working together to keep low income, poor people of color, primarily our low income communities at the bottom. Right. Um, and so, when you say systematic, again, it's it's how the systems work together. So, if that's me growing up in a low income school, mm-hmm. right, or a low income area, trying to get a good education, and then I go off to college, right, and then I'm like a first generation college student who doesn't know how to navigate higher education, who takes on student loans because I either don't know or don't understand, or I'm also Man, sold my life right now, right. Right. or I'm also sold this <laughs> right. lie, uh, right. lie of 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 you know take these loans out, you don't have to worry about the interest rate. I mean. At 18 years old, do you think I know what an interest rate was, right? Like, um, And not having, you know, being a first-generation college student, you don't know those things. You don't know how predatory loans and education can be. And so then you go and try to, you know, you've got your degree. You try to get on the market. You can't get a good job. Or if you get a a good job, you're not making as much as your white counterpart, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Nine times out of ten, right? Let's call it out for what it is. You try to get a home. You can't find a good rate, right? So it's all these different things that systems
2: that right. work together
0: right. to keep us at the bottom yeah so yeah but thank you like <laughs> yeah. okay. exactly. I, 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 also, I don't know if
2: that's i don't know that i could i also add on though. like i think like when we look at the practical practical examples of systemic barriers that exist right i think a lot of times now the jargon's used because it's popular in politics but when we look at the the primary examples of it and we even look at it from like a business sector setting Look at the way that cannabis has been treated historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You penalize folks for p- petty possession <sighs> for years and years. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, 20 years later, states like Nevada are doling out dispensary licenses. And then you look at the number of black and brown business, owner, business owners that receive a license, right. and it's like nil, yeah. right? So kept out. And like, how many on the back there? end? Do you know? No, like how many dispensaries or? Are black
0: owned? Yeah. I want I think there's, th- there's one.
1: There's one, right? I well, thought it was. I thought it was two, two or three. In Nevada, but like of yeah, all, yeah, all of them, them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like right, right, right. two
0: or three of like thirty. Yeah. And
1: there's a bunch of them now. Yeah. Like they're they're literally next door to each other. Right. And it's depending if you're in the city or in Clark County. Clark County approves more than the city. But like, but like even
2: even on the back end of that, like figuring out how they dealt. Now they're talking about like. Well let's seal marijuana records. Mm. It's crazy to me that like over the course of two decades you have a record for one thing and then you have a million dollar industry you have to crack into one another, right? Yeah. And then you look at other areas like banking. Yeah. And we talk about redlining overall and the concept of what redlining looks like to prevent people from actually owning homes. Right. And those are actual, tangible examples. When we, when we talk about systemic racism and systemic barriers that exist, I think a lot of those conversations get left out because they'll focus on what happens now. Mm-hmm. Are people receiving an exact opportunity yeah. right now that's the same? But it ignores everything from prior history, right? You have over centuries, a, right? like centuries of these practices that have existed <laughs> yeah. that have thwarted the ability to create wealth right that's like owning a home was the very first mechanism for people to actually obtain wealth and for the majority of people that's how they actually are able to pass something on right. and so you know when you preclude people from being able to enter into those spaces you run into those types of barriers like i
0: used to think or um you know i would when i travel i would see all these like beautiful homes and i'm approaching you know the big three-oh right and oh, so i'm right. like dang like i really need to buy a home um, but it's really hard, it and, hard, like to qualify to go through the process. Um, and I see, like sometimes on social media, some folks that I know that just have these like beautiful, extravagant homes. And for a long time, I used to think like, what am I doing wrong? And then I read this book. Actually, uh, it's very, it's a very hard book to get through because it's just so like triggering. Um, but it's called Color of Law, mm-hmm. and it literally uh, dives cool. into the. History of the housing and how discriminatory it was, how many redlining practices that are still even used today. Right. And this isn't even talking about qualifying for a loan. Right. And so now I kind of feel I felt like guilty. Maybe Mm -hmm. like I should be more established. Right. I should I have all these degrees. I should have a really good paying job. But I also know that systematically it was set up for me to be this way. Systematically it was set up for, you know, certain demographics of people to be able to have access to those things where people that look and come up from my background aren't, right? And So I had to be like, wait, this is not a me thing. This is like a systematic thing that has existed for like decades.
3: And I think it's important to add to that, like how these systematic barriers impact mindset. Right. Because when you have these generational cycles of things where you haven't seen it or hasn't seemed attainable and you become a first-generation person who's now trying to climb out, think about myself and all the things I was dealing with in my household due to systematic barriers and the fact that I was even able to graduate top 20% of my class and be as resilient as I was, but like, why didn't I go to a top-notch college and things like that? But I didn't know about, you know, um, scholarships or things, even though I was in this environment, Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the capacity to do it and have anyone holding my like, hand.
2: SAT. Right. The my level level. So, that, and, that, so. and then
3: I got peers. And the right. only reason I graduated <laughs> top twenty percent is because these other ones were retaking classes, you know, to get higher GPAs and things like that. And I'm just like lucky that I got offered this honor scholarship because there was just so much I, I didn't know. And like you said, we feel like why haven't I accomplished this? And I remember I've lived on my own since I was eighteen. I would have well, loved to live at home, but it just wasn't possible. Wasn't, and right, right. one of my my best friend is Afro, is a Nigerian, mm. and I remember us being um, in like our mid twenties, all of us Americans right, right. teasing her about living with her parents, right? Uh, Cause, because because really li- living smart, on your own was independent, right. Right. but here I was making three and four times as much money as she was but had no assets, right? I couldn't save because I was living on my own. And, and those are the effects of systematic barriers yeah. and the mindset behind it and then still having to have all these other responsibilities in regard to it. And it's like, it just makes no sense. So she didn't move out until she was 28. But guess what? Her parents um, had her on their car insurance because right. they had his, they owned their home. So all she was really was paying was for really low car insurance, <laughs> first of all, and Man. cell phones. <laughs> And, and she had it made, and I would tell her privately, like, girl, you better keep saving because right. because we are suffering, we're in poverty, we can't attain, and you have all these successes seemingly on the outward, but we are not able to build, build. because mm-hmm. of the systematic barriers, and so it really impacts your mindset, yeah. and yeah. then your confidence, oh, I mean, and then it can continue to cycle up. I mean, I, I would even say, I
0: would even say, mm-hmm. like, the saving part, right? Like, yes. financial literacy oh. and financial education, like... Me having $10,000 in my savings account does nothing for me financially, right? Like, it's actually one of the worst places for your money to be. Mm -hmm. A A bank savings account that makes, like, 15 cents on interest a year, right? But who is telling us and teaching our communities how to invest, how to put our money... I mean, it's a risk, right? But even, but even like you were saying, your friends, right? Like I have friends that own like homes and properties, and they rent them out, and it's extra income. Multiple, multiple
2: properties. And I'm like, where do you even get this information?
0: (laughs) Right? Like, easiest thing
2: to ever get done was to get a student loan. Like it took me 30 seconds to get a student loan. You put three boxes, and you got like twenty thousand dollars in your account for the semester. But they don't tell you about interest. Okay. And so it's another way. I mean, I think more than anything at this point now, it's starting to become generational, right? Like. Why is it that we took out, we did everything that we were told to do. Everything right. Right. We took out student loans. Right. We we went to school. We went to graduate school. We went to professional school. Mm -hmm. We took out the loans to get there and get that education that we were told to go get for years and years. We continue to pay our loans every month. And yet we owe more based on yes. interest <laughs> that we end up taking out than we ever got before.
1: And then and then, I, t- and then they tell you, oh, sorry. Well, yeah, but you can't qualify for a house because your debt to income ratio doesn't. It? Okay,
0: but get this <laughs> though. I qualify. It's crazy. I qualify for a fifteen hundred dollar rent, but you're telling me I don't qualify oh, for a seven hundred dollar mortgage. Exactly. But I pay my fifteen hundred dollar rent every, every month. month oh, oh, my, my, lottery, my little for raggedy raggedy shoes, 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 room <laughs> and, little and all these utilities, right. And my car, no, and my insurance, and my health insurance, but I can't qualify for a $700 mortgage. And let me tell you, it does not, it's systematically rigged for me to not be able to obtain that.
3: And I think that the more achievements we have, right, sometimes, I I can honestly say, I didn't even think I was impacted by systematic barriers, right? I'm the one who made it out, right? So... I've never felt like my, my skin color or anything because I have my academics and all these other achievements. And it did not take until I got into business. Now, this other level yeah. that I started realizing, oh, no, Donisha, you're impacted by this, too. Why can't you get a business loan? When I think of things that happen in COVID, I have friends who have real estate companies and other things because their family is so history. Their history is so deep, right? Their their connections, their relationships are so deep that the same day they applied for the SBA loan mm. and the PPP loan, they got money deposited, and we were waiting weeks and weeks. And uh, white people, right? They got money deposited <laughs> the same day. <laughs> call it out, girl! But, call, call it out. Yeah. And, and why did it take for a pandemic to happen for me to even be able to get a loan? I've been trying to get a, a loan for five, four years prior to that in business, and so. That's when I started realizing, oh, no, you are impacted by this, too. You thought you were different. You thought you, thought. you made it out. And, and then you were cool with steel, right? Trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and making it and, and, and working hard because that's what we can tell. Just work yep. hard, work hard. And and you just don't realize how, how deep it is and how yeah. much oh, impact, at- and how ignorant we are to it because we, we just don't know. We don't see it. And I we're not having
2: those conversations. look at how they pulled the wool over people's eyes, too. Like, there's no money to fix anything. But magically, <laughs> the airlines are struggling, right? right? Yeah. And cruises are struggling, yeah. and all of a sudden, and credit companies are struggling, and all of a and sudden- all get three there's checks. Tr- <laughs> That's
3: right. all. There's, That's all. there's
2: trillions of dollars now available <laughs> to be able to- Like, there, there's pretty money at this point, right? Yep. But whenever anybody else needed it for something in advance that probably could have thwarted mm-hmm. things like this from, from happening in the first place, if you right. actually had a real economic system that- enabled people to do well yeah. versus just feeding the top Come 1% on. over okay, and over yeah. and over. I want to touch yeah. on that, yep. You know, Jeff Bezos has I, I more of a network <laughs> Ooh, I than... <laughs> just I, think it, 30 I think, seconds I to think, think his out. income, oh, yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly, his income exceeds the GDP for countries like Bangladesh. Oh. Yeah,
0: his income could like...
2: That's insane. And
0: world hunger is insane, right? Like, literally. And then you pay your workers... Almost nothing. Not a livable wage. Not affordable health care which is like the least as a million, multi-billion how workers,
1: person. How do right? workers
2: like, end up on public assistance and have to get Medicaid? But you're worth billions of dollars. Three right? dollars. Right? Don't make sense. Like, Don't make sense. What are you going to say? Because I, I got a question right after oh you. Because
1: it, it pertains to something you said. But go ahead. What's your question? Well, when
3: he talks about this thing, Asha, oh, Asha Jones, shout out Asha. She was at I'm my sorry. my anniversary, <laughs> and I completely forgot she made a statement. I was like. I interned with her in high school at the Congresswoman Berkeley's office, and she was like, you were a Republican then. And not that I was, but I saw how the system was impacting my family, right? Right. Living on public assistance and all. And I remember being, like, young and having a boyfriend, and then we lived in in the ghetto. And one of our neighbors was like, y'all need to have some kids because we big eating, right? We're getting food stamps. We're getting all these things. And so me as a single woman, I remember I've never been unemployed since I was 15. Right. I, I lost my job and I was making probably like $12 an hour at the time tried to apply for food stamps but because I had made $600 already that month I wasn't eligible and so I mean these are the things when yep. we talk about that that keeps us down and so it makes it so hard to keep pushing and these systematic barriers are okay. what continue to create these systematic barriers because sometimes you just get to the point where you're like forget it. Look, yeah, it's, it's too hard to try to To do something on my own, I'm I'm working so much harder for so much less, and it makes it so much easier just to be like, whatever. Let me just let me just chill. Let me chill and collect this unemployment. Let me chill and collect this welfare check over. And and I hated that growing up, so I think that's why Asha and my family saw me as Republican. I was, and I was like, we gotta get out of this. There has to be something more. But the mindset needed to change.
2: We saw you at the rallies.
3: Okay. <laughs> uh, really I, I understand really. it now, right? right? I'm not.
2: <laughs> you don't got a lot of kick it. I understand you the now, rallies.
3: But I'm not. But no, I'm not. She was sucking and hiding. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right, no.
1: Shifts off. off the camera. <laughs> you can get down camera. No, I will
3: say, okay, so like, <laughs> but it was what I was preaching. Like, this
0: is not okay, y'all. Right, right. right. No, like, the other <laughs> night, so Friday night, I had just gotten back in, right? And I had my um, graduate assistant stuff to to do still. I I had to, like, pack all these packages and whatnot or whatever. And I finished about 3 a.m. And literally, as I'm stepping out of the garage, I trip over a box of, like, wood for the fireplace... And I'm just like sitting there, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, when do I just get to not struggle anymore? When do I have to not work till three AM? When do I have to not like be three people at once all day every day? Like, 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 We're thirty. We're thirty.
2: We're We're thirty. You stop having avocado toast every day. I'm serving avocado
0: toast, okay? But you know, like, I just have that question of like when, and then even talking to my best friend because we're both, um, she's getting ready to start her doc program too, and I'm just like. You know we have that real conversation. I was telling Atar, I'm thinking of getting back ready to go back into the classroom this fall because it's just not affordable, it's unobtainable. Even as a GA student, I couldn't imagine if I had like a family I had to take care of because right. the stipend is so low Whoa. a month and the trade off is like your schools pay for it. Um, and then, but and it's then just you like, say, and then
1: you say, Oh, you can't work during it, but
0: right? Yeah. Like, so it's just it's so much, and it then even no like sense. being a legislator, right? Like, a lot, like, I'm sure. You People know. in my family do look at me like, oh, she made it. And I'm like, first of all, do you know what legislators make in this state? <laughs> you know what's you
2: know, also crazy, too? Like, when we compare Nevada to other places, and I hate to say this, but, like, when I was living in New York, yeah, I remember applying for an apartment. And they told me I was low income because I made less than $160,000 per year. Come on. So I was I was kind of, like, laughing. Like, wait, what? Like, that's, <laughs> like, your threshold? That's your threshold like, in New York? Like, to, to me, that means you made it. Bucko. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but having no. those real conversations of, like, when, like, I've only made this much amount of money every year, right? Like, mm-hmm. when do I get to be, like, oh, 50000 60000 That's nice. Like, I've been making 30000 a year, right? And so being at the legislature, it's very, like... I would say systematic barriers have been very real to me because I am so different in the sense of, like, my background, right? I'm, I'm first of all, a woman of color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, I'm a queer woman of color, right? right? But I'm also a person who has no, like, wealth, generational wealth no. that has mm-hmm. that has kept me or carried me through times, right? Like, I'm out here on my own. I fundraise literally as much money as i could during a pandemic through people that i just knew right i didn't have all this like access to these like high donors um and so just my experience and being up there and even um like for example we get a housing stipend right to help us while we're up in carson because you have to live there and you have to maintain your residency right which mm-hmm. can be very difficult it's, it's it's systematically created for people to to be in those positions that have Generational wealth that have generational knowledge of this overall mm-hmm. system, right? And so here I am running around the legislature. My first like week or two, hey, when am I going to get this like housing voucher? When am I going to get this like refund for X, Y, and Z? Right? And everyone's like looking at me like, why do you care? <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's, and that's, why that's do you don't care? like? It'll I don't know. It shows up it in your bank. Them. One one of the um folks. T- one of the other my colleagues was like, I don't know. It just shows up in your bank account. Like just just keep checking. And keep I'm like, checking. <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm counting every single dollar that I have. I have this amount in my, you know, savings account. I have this amount in my campaign account. I have this amount in my like everyday account, right? I'm managing, maintaining residency like down right. here. Right. And so it just was like, a reality to me of, like, oh, yeah, we're, like, all yeah. in different tax one, brackets here. So <laughs>
2: like- one it, so a really good point, I think, to, sorry, just yeah. to comment on that real quick, is that, like, I think, and there's this perception with government, yeah. the response is, like, well, if you don't have it, just don't run. and That's exactly what the problem is. Right. Yeah. You have too many that's, people that are too disconnected. Man. Like, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this Every a bunch. Day. We have been out, we've all been at service events for years. years you man. run into the same crowds at the same events. Every so now job. I run in, you know, obviously, like, as, as a certain number of us who are politicos or contributors and things like that, like you, end up having conversations with folks. And the first thing they say is, "Oh, I really want to run for office because I love the community." But we've never seen you at an event. Never. You have no affiliation. I've never it's heard nothing. your name. We don't know anything about anything. I've never heard your name. And so as a result, we end up now never we end up in situations where we're trying to actually move things forward, but we run into almost. You know, it's unfortunate because it's created imposter syndrome in those that actually mm. deserve to be in office, oh, and it's created yeah. imposters for right. those that are in office that yeah. pretend to be community advocates. So,
1: and, ooh, this is getting heavy, I love
2: Because my next question, and and we kind of drifted a little bit from that from it, because it
1: was your standpoint on the fact of people who don't see it, and that's not even not even just us folks who grew up to working class to middle class to yeah. working middle class. Even folks who are that top 2%, they don't see it. So why is it, and my next question is, why is it difficult for people to see how systematical barriers affect their everyday life? Why is it so difficult? Well, why I think there's hard?
0: two types of diff- difficultness, right? There's the difficultness of people who don't see it because they're privileged, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're at the top, they don't worry about things like unemployment and food stamps and public assistance and like they've never had that experience well, i see the
3: world all right where you got the beach right right like, Ocean.
0: okay and then there's the other people that are in it and still can't see it i think because they may be unknowledgeable or they don't uh it's like really interesting but i see these like two different types of people who find it difficult to believe that systematic like barriers yeah exist, you know right? also
2: like People are duped into thinking that they're in a place that they're not. Like, my God, you work for Amazon. You're not Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) You might be a a manager today, but you you might be unemployed tomorrow. And so, like, as a result, the same (laughs) people will
0: be unemployed tomorrow. The
2: people people who are most protective of these systemic barriers are often the ones that are directly impacted. We often talk about like the. One of the large segments of bases for folks like Trump. And look, I don't care if someone's a Democrat or Republican, but I'll blast Trump until the day I die. Because he was the worst president and the most corrupt and unethical person and leader in American history, right? But the folks that were advocating for him, many of those weren't well-to-do folks. He had people convinced that... That's my ally in office. He really cares, and he's writing tax policy that literally that when cripples it gets them. You, yeah, cripples them. It's not going to help it, them. But, but that's, that's, the point. And
0: and that's what.
3: In general, too. I right? think that's what keeps us right. For those of us who you know are not that two percent, it's because we are unaware. Right? We grew up in this. Right? right. That allegory of case. all I know is is what I what I, what I see. What's in front of me? This seems natural. I wasn't having these conversations about politics yep. in my sure. household because we just didn't exactly. know. Right, right. I don't know exactly. how, you know, system financial systematic barriers are impacting me. Um, I have family members who think because I try to get them life insurance that I'm trying to kill them. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so life insurance. You right it's it's right though. Though, so we just <laughs> literally don't know. And so then for those of us who, who are making it out, yeah. there's still so much we're ignorant to. Because we don't have these conversations and it's so much to have to pick there is so much information to have to understand when it's just it's it's not exposed to
2: you you're not aware so this is just
3: natural that's why
2: and social media has convinced everyone they're an expert on everything oh god (laughs) Instagram models
3: an an expert on
2: everything (laughs) like oh there's a pandemic coming up well it just so happens I was on Facebook and I'm an epidemiologist (laughs) they're not you said that to me they're not actually experts but on things like finance I think it's become really pervasive like I saw this stuff about Oh, you know, the best way around it, go file an LLC, do X, Y... That's not even real. Like, the stuff that was being shared was fake. I have an LLC. It don't work. It does not work. (laughs) (laughs) But but they also... You know, there's this this conception that, you know, everyone's going to be able to follow suit on everything. And then the next thing you know... Everyone's selling in our, particularly in our generation, they're pushing pyramid schemes, mm-hmm. and then wondering oh. why things aren't going to work. Like yeah. we should probably be referred to as the pyramid scheme generation. <laughs> <because> <laughs> we're it's just one after generation. another. Do okay, like, do let's do deal with
0: student loans, though. Literally, you know, during the campaign trail in, in 2020, right. so many candidates were talking about student loan forgiveness, and a lot of the questions were like, "What." Right. What, what would happen if you got your student loans taken away, right? I'd be like, wow, I'd have a life. I'd have I a family. Be. I'd be able to buy a home because here I am making $900 payments a month for the next 20 years to barely tap into interest that I paid, right? Like, we, are, we were sold a lie. And I want to touch back on what you said about there's so much that we don't know. And I think when it comes to systematic barriers and how it impacts people is that it's so hidden in the yes. details right that we literally think we've been sold the lie we'll pull up yourself by your bootstraps and you'll just make it right this figment figmentation temptation of i don't even know if that's a word i probably just made that up <laughs> of the american dream yeah. right
1: yep False. of
0: how if you just work hard you'll make it no work true. hard for who where and what because it's not people like me right um and so i just want to touch on that of how hidden it is because yep. i also find that once you know, you can't unknow. So sometimes right, right yeah. we we experience things and we're like, dang, that was really rough. Or one time I was up for a job and I was and I ended up not getting this position and I was like wow, that really sucks. I guess I just have to work harder next time. Oh. Everyone, everyone around me is like, Cecilia, you totally <laughs> just had a white woman select a white woman over this most, well, I wouldn't say most intelligent, but this person, of woman of color, right, <laughs> who's been literally at the center for years doing volunteer work. How do you not see that? And I was like, oh, You know, and you know, we okay. all have to head
2: nod afterwards. Like, right. yeah, we, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And now not you, you <laughs> and <laughs> and think like, like to me. And wait, I, wait, I was right.
0: like, oh, shit. And now you look like, back
3: and then I'm... Uh, like kind of how I said I didn't realize, right, because I thought I, I, I was above it. I didn't think it was impacting it's me It's
1: above now. me now. <laughs> right,
3: right, right. And I, I look back and I think of things. I remember being in high school and talking to my, my guidance counselor. He knew I, I was set on being an attorney at the time. So that's graduate school, right? Right. And so I'm like, well, I really want to major in psychology in my undergrad because I love it. And he's like, well, you should just do business because in order to do psychology, um, you have to – you don't. In order to make money in psychology, you need to have a graduate degree, at least a master's level. So, told me to major in business. Right? I, I switched my major my first semester. I thought he was just ignorant. It dawned on me just three years ago. You didn't think yep. that I was even going to yep. get to graduate school, yep. although I was. Go- my plan was to go to law school. Right. So, you're telling me to major in something that's going to be general versus follow my passion because you didn't even. And so that's the guidance. You didn't think guided. I to make it that far, you yeah. yeah. it that far yeah. let alone. Like I told you, I graduated with four point three GPA. Whoa, okay, whoa. We got What's up? No, but I'm right. saying right, in a if we repeat setup, that, we'll in repeat that. <laughs> but in a tech school, sixty percent Asian, right? Sixty percent male. Ooh. I remember being in. I majored in the law. I was in the law program, but I remember being in high calculus, like even my science and not Man. just social studies and English. I was in the high science class, the high mm-hmm. English. I mean, science and math classes, right? one of two black people, Talk if one yes. of two girls. Talk to them. And I remember, like, now that I think back and I think of the things my teacher said, but I got so accustomed to that environment that I was just blocking them out, right? But there were so many things where people were not supporting me or holding my hand or showing me. And I just didn't know. But I, but even then, I thought that I was different. I remember watching Hidden Figures and making a post like, damn, like I'm a hidden figure, right? You're a hidden figure. You're a hidden figure. And somebody was like, you are, you're being disrespectful to these women who have done this amazing thing with NASA but I'm like no that should be how we feel about ourselves yeah. and our DNA yeah. but yeah. We, but again this systematic mindset keeps us from being able to even think that, that we're that great and recognize those opportunities or things that we've done to be set apart and, and then again when you don't get the opportunity all you do is say well dang I must have done something wrong right. I need to work a little bit harder yeah. yep. but even being in this environment that we should not have been in, we were still being impressed because those who knew that you're special, <laughs> you you yeah. can make it. You're going to be the one to make change for yeah. the rest of them. They're doing in insidious, right, sneaky ways to still keep you down so that you don't do it. Uh, anyways, I, I mean, think your
0: story actually really uh, touches the last question that you had about education. I I'm, I'm, I'm
1: actually ready to ask the Republican National Convention speech 2024
2: she's ready to vote, folks. I,
1: um, I was actually Republican
2: getting up for this. First time I'm at the
0: bottom, though, I'm not a Republican. <laughs> 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 But,
1: but I have
2: not. By the way, for the viewers, but, I, I don't care which way you go. We don't care. We don't, we don't, care. don't, care. We don't but care. But I, if you, but your future leader is here. I, if you want Trump, I, you I, I want
3: my people to not be okay with the system that yes. set in place to keep them oppressed and down yes. and ignorant yes. and in poverty. Yeah. And I would say education is a huge part of that, and the way yeah. that it, it was created and the
0: way of the history of it. And like I touched on earlier, you know, you have you have such. Um, A variety of different schools in one school district. You have one of the poorest (laughs) schools and one of the most um, funded schools, right? And you talk about academic outcomes and this idea of an achievement gap, because I personally don't believe it's an achievement gap, right? I I feel that that term places the blame on students when students actually aren't given resources and academic attention to succeed, right? There's no achievement gap. There is a funding gap, right? right? Um, But education, also in that story that you talked about, right? I'm not against people doing things good for the community but things like trade schools and and right well what communities are you going in and telling that they should go and be a tradesman versus what communities are you going in and telling you could be the next president of the united states Right? right, right and so even in your story of how you know you talked about how you know you had counselors and people tell you that oh well instead of doing this thing that you actually want to do and go and be I know you're not gonna make it so you should do this other thing like why do we put limits on people on students on young children we should be telling them that they could be anything right when i was an elementary school student i literally thought i could be an astronaut yes. granted you know, I, 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 definitely did not, I definitely did not become an astronaut. Okay. Like, I definitely did not become an astronaut. Um, but when I was in high school, my dream was to become um, a U.S. Supreme Court justice, right? Those were like my aspirations yes. as right. a high school young girl in the environment, education access that I had. And I just wonder like where did we lose that right. right like where did we lose that you can follow your dreams that will, that and be will what you dream.
2: like part you of dream. it too is i i, I even wonder, if it's, dated. I wonder yeah. if it's i wonder if i wonder if it's intentional or, or just a, obliviousness by by some folks and the reason why i say that is like we have to remember the generation that taught us in school was used to potentially not going to college right, yep. yeah. they worked at blockbuster for 20 yep. years or like they would be like oh i'll just go get a job at sam goody you know it would all be stri- it would have cool salaries. Cool be sal- cool, that, LA used to be exactly. solid. If you were a dealer in the casino, that was like the big push it was for a all big of us push. who grew up here. Like, oh, I would say good. here you know? especially, right? Yeah.
0: More people more of my peers make more on the strip than I do with yes. two, three. Come degrees on, degrees. And so what is the incentive Driving have, <laughs> right, like What is the incentive of higher education right. when you have and, industries that right. take you, prime you, and that's what you're doing? You turn around and you're forty years old in an industry that doesn't pay you. Adequate health care right? Right, right? Doesn't give you time off. Doesn't have sick paid leave, right? Like, well, there's so- also
2: like, there's a shrinking availability of industries. Yes, right. Yeah. So, yes. like, this whole notion that all of these jobs are going to be permanently available mm-hmm. and you just no. work hard—they're gone. They're gone. Like, they're they're dated. <laughs> Retail shops. I mean, we look—you you can drive down the street and see what used to be a blockbuster, yeah. right? Or used yep. to be a used um. to be a Pizza Hut dining. Almost all Franchises are almost, pretty much gone it? now. Movie so- theaters
1: about to be gone. Yeah,
0: because yes. Amazon has taken over the world over. <laughs> i don't know if you guys know
2: this we definitely did. well look I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna i can't knock it too much guys because we've been it forced to use it right yeah. like
0: what is the alternative what is the option and what, there are we're forced into the in systematic things right where you know for example access right so you said access. ballet is going out we've been really turning to this like technological world you no longer see people taking your order even at like a mcdonald's yeah. it's a screen it's right yep. so how are we supposed to advance and succeed when we've been told not to get our education yep. because you can, you know, go to this school and do, and I'm not knocking trade schools by any means, like, right, right, it's right. definitely hard work it's to get messaging it's the message about which kids, yeah. Yeah. Which and, kids that's the and, and who can be, and then what
3: to do with it, right, yes. exactly. I could still be a masterful at this trade, and I don't want to sit here and, and say that, hey, everybody needs a desire to be rich, but we need to be able to be comfortable, to be able to pass down, right, um, finances to our next generation so, to make sure they have homes and other opportunities to still continue to build wealth whatever that looks like but if you're going to go to a trade school still let me know my opportunities with this skill exactly. as a trade exactly. person if okay. that is owning my own business with it not that that has to be the case mm-hmm. but Make sure I'm aware of that opportunity because I mean you need people to work for you. <laughs> but you know because Happen like you said, which kids and let them know so that that opportunity yeah. is there so they can go for it, and then ensuring that they have the proper supports in place to to leverage it and, and optimize it.
0: But even this idea of like which kids, right? So like, sure, maybe I failed a class, maybe I flunked out of my undergrad. That still doesn't put this like. Ultimate narrative of what I can or can't be, right? right? I was a straight A student. I also received a 4.2 when I graduated, honors in my high school, and when I got to college, okay, wait <laughs> me. No, it wasn't when... <laughs> nah, it me. I was, okay. uh, I was a 3 I was
1: a 3, <laughs> I was a three <laughs> <laughs> Don't even uh, I was worry about
0: my numbers. You know, <laughs> 10% of th- my. You know, like I was She's also like degrees. top 10% of my class, right? I was winning awards in high school. Choosing Key Club for sure. definitely was in Key Club in high school. I was in every club, I think, in high Let me finish though. Let I'm me finish dad. though. <laughs> right? I graduated high school with a 4.2 GPA. I have scholarships. I think my first like two years of college were 100% funded, right? I get to college and Did you I go completely. To UNLV? I went to UNLB and I completely flunked. OK, I have no resources of transition from like high school to college. I'm managing two like part time jobs mm-hmm. to try to afford to just like feed myself. Right. right. Um, and let alone talking about rent or a car. I think my first year I, I didn't even have a car. I was trying to save for a car right. to get to and from school. My parents are still dropping me Come off. On. Right. Like um, and I fail. <laughs> I think I graduated my undergraduate with like a barely 2.0, 2.9 GPA. Wow. Right? But I'm ambitious, and I knew that it wasn't the end, and I knew that I wanted to continue higher education, and I actually, the reason why I had such a low GPA was because I started college as a pre-professional biology thinking I was going to go to med and the sciences were like, Ooh girl, we need to pump the brakes. The astronaut. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
3: actually no no no. They I actually wanted
0: to be um, a neurosurgeon, okay, right? And so absolutely. I'm doing these all these things that I'm told <laughs> that I need to do and I'm like, it's just not working. These right. science classes are like really hard. I can't study for literally twenty out of twenty four hours a day, right? Switch my major a couple times, I end up graduating and I apply to graduate school. See. so I don't get into any graduate school, right? (laughs) Surprise with a 2.9 GPA, right? But again, I didn't let that be the end for me. And I think I I was also super lucky. And we could also talk about mentorship. Like, I had a mentor in the sociology department that was like, this is not the end for you. You are freaking brilliant. Like, this is what we put together, a plan. Mm -hmm. I applied again, and I got into, not only did I get into all the programs that I applied to, but I also got in with 100% funding, right? Still not enough because you have to, like, make your life school, right? So I still had to take out loans anyway because I had to survive. I had a car note. I had to pay my rent, right? Right. I'm making this stipend at school that's like $1,200 a month. Like, it's totally not livable. Uh, But the moral of the story is that If I believed everyone that told me not to do it, I would not be in my PhD program. If I believed everyone told me that I wouldn't make a successful uh, office run, I wouldn't be an assemblywoman today. If I believed all the lies that society told me that I couldn't do, I would not be sitting here as and a, a legislator and a PhD student, right? <clears throat> and so, so oh. I also think that we need to <laughs> wait, uh, uplift. Yes. <laughs> flex over. I'm not the only
1: one. But, ain't the only but, one. But you know, <laughs> I am going to flex did. for
0: a second. And we have this notion that we shouldn't flex, right? People I was say, just talking right, about this the We have this notion that we need I'm to sorry, be wait, humble, right? Yes, I worked my butt off oh, to man. be where you I'm
1: see at. You It is going to
0: yeah. be Dr. Gonzalez to
3: everyone, right? They try to tell you that, you know, insecurity is humility and confidence and arrogance. It's, and confidence is arrogance and that's not true. That's not true. You can be confident yes. and humble. They just get mad because they are comparing themselves to you, like somebody told me, Oh, you think you something, huh? And I'm like, uh, I do. And uh, clearly yeah. I'm something. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why is this not okay? Right. But I mean again, they don't want your mind. I used to
2: get told that a lot, like
3: you're arrogant, you're arrogant. And I'm
2: like, I didn't even say anything. I didn't say
1: nothing. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, why like, why, like, why why me be of myself is a problem for you? Fix whatever yeah. you need to do and get that on your plate. Or own. me Play.
3: speaking. Probably. Exactly. Oh, okay, no, I'm talk about I gotta, we gotta, the we gotta, the we gotta the get it. Okay. We gotta get <laughs> okay, this last, last, Sorry, last, 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 last question. 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 Sorry, okay. We gotta get this last question. We gotta get this last
1: question. Hey, we're gonna, hey, I'm serious. We're gonna come back.
2: Season one. This is season one. Y'all, welcome back. We're gonna
1: come back. we come back. But this picks on what you were saying, right? And actually, because you talked about education and what we were taught, right? And this is a heavy question, but do y'all feel the education system is enabling systematical barriers?
3: Absolutely. That's yeah. not even a question.
1: When Absolutely. That, when,
2: <laughs> like, there's data to show that. Yeah. Right? right, exactly. I mean, even True. if we took qu- quantitative out, which we we can, we don't need to because the right. numbers speak for themselves, right? right? Right. But we look at qualitative, just qualitative, and the low expectations they set for black and brown kids to, to say those that same conversation we were just having – where we're talking about trade schools, you are you going to have the same conversation with students predominantly affluent white schools about trade schools mm-hmm. as yep. you are? No, they're not. Black? They're no, talking about let lem- and, lem- and then, but then we look at the numbers, and even if we if we talk about yep. systemic issues there, why is it that when you look at things like discretionary suspensions and expulsions, mm-hmm. come on, black students are seven times more likely to receive a discretionary suspension or expulsion than yeah. their white counterpart. Yep. So mm-hmm. and we are the diagnosis of
3: learning disabilities yep. or um, yep. you know behavioral issues and IEPs and yep. 504 plans and you're putting sometimes kids who have certain behaviors cuz you don't like them or you're you're not used to them and uh, putting them in actual special ed cl- cl- uh, classes with people who actually have cognitive delays. So now there are these, I used to hate proficiencies.
1: Even though oh, passed all my,
3: Right, because what I happens, I've, I've seen it happen from the behavioral health aspect. Now you got this kid who's just having some behavioral problems, or maybe he just got a lot of energy and you don't like it, or right. has doesn't have the tools yep. to stay on task, whatever that is, and then you put him in an actual special ed class where he's not has no standards, right, of, of learning, of achievement, and now you're going through this. And socially, right, he's getting a, a whole bunch of other issues now because he's in an inappropriate classroom setting. Yep. And you get to high school and you've never had to yep. learn. Sure. Yep. And you've never had to achieve. And you've never had to ha- do anything. And then it's like, oh, well, if you can't pass high school or graduate and pass these proficiency tests, which they've done away with them. But that's just one example of, of the way yeah. this the educational system en- enables us from a variety of different ways. I grew up in North Las Vegas, and I went to a Like I said, it is a nationally ranked high school, school yep. even though it's in Nevada and it's a magnet school. I was always in GATE. I was always in accelerated classes right. and everything all throughout elementary and middle school. My freshman year of high school was the hardest year of school in my life. And I saw the disparity between what we were being taught even in gate with the other white kids right, okay. right out of my even in the accelerated classes and then this expectation to achieve and technology i didn't have access to with That's the like tech- college i didn't have yeah. a computer at home and i got a c in computer fundamentals because i couldn't type at That's, a certain thing yeah, and i'm yeah. like i don't even have a computer but i started the quarter with an f so are you gonna grade me on my progress, or you know? Right. But, and then just even socially, in um, the level of expectation, the way that things were taught, but then the, the topics that were talked about in class, we weren't having those current events and things like yep. that. So I, I felt like so out of place. I felt stupid for the first time in my life. I I wanted to quit because I was like I could go to, to my local high school and be valedictorian, sleeping. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but because like you, I'm ambitious and I'm resilient. And even with all of that, I was able to overcome it and do well. But I, I, I can't forget how hard that was and how that showed me this disparity in our school system in mm-hmm. our predominantly minority neighborhoods because mm-hmm. it should not have been so. Right. And
0: that's a great question when we talk about like English language learners. We oh, treat them yeah. like they're stupid. We mm-hmm. treat them like they don't know how to do things. Um, when it's that, not only are they in an academic setting learning how to be students and all these other curriculars, but they're also learning an entirely new language. They speak right? freaking
3: two languages. <laughs> so really? don't the no
2: I don't know how stupid that they are. Right? Right? This notion right? so. that they're not like, they speak two, <laughs> not one. Two. And like, so I, you know, math, growing you know? up
0: for me, English was very difficult because, you know, I, my mother was a single uh, mom. Where, I got to get you. I don't speak was, Spanish. Is Spanish your first language, though? <laughs> no, Thai oh, was my first okay. language. So oh, I'm Mexican me. in Thai. Me. Okay. Um, I don't speak Spanish, which we could talk about identity <laughs> and that in a whole nother conversation. Okay. But, but um, you know, growing up was very difficult because I had my family that immigrated from Thailand that only knew how to speak and do things in Thai. And so I remember my grandma, she would tell me. Uh, math is the only subject that i can help you in because it's streamlined across all countries right right? and even now as a 30 year old phd doc student i still look up words on how to say them phonetically Mm -hmm. before i speak whether i'm in like committee at work or if i'm about to give a speech or have this conversation um because there are still words that i don't know how to pronounce and and that feeling that that, like makes me feel stupid because i say uh, for example, m- municip- municipal, Mani- Municipial.
1: municipal, Municipial.
0: the county municipal, yeah, municipal. Right? I still can't yeah, say yeah. that, right? Municipal. And at work, that's a and word. You're a legislator, you right? At work, we say that word often. I would say, I'm not saying but municipal. there's just <laughs> right. And then in English too, you have words that are like spelled one way, but uh-huh. you don't say like a k and an a, and you're just like, what? It's like, so crazy right?
2: too, like when you think about it, because those kids, the same ones that like society views as like. Oh, you know, they are ELL, blah blah blah. Like not only are they speaking two languages, a lot of these kids, like many of us, are translating yep. for their parents. Like the documents, home. yeah. Like they're literally Going serving as the interpreters. Think of their 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 all children. the
3: rest of that weight and pressure right on them. And they I, really, had,
0: I had someone tell me, "I'm putting translator on my transcript because I literally or uh, <laughs> CV, sorry. They're like, I'm putting Respect. translator on yeah. my CV because the last 20 years I've translated <laughs> every legal document, every yeah. medical appointment for my parents. Like I am a translator." Yeah, and I know, was like,
2: "Heck yeah, you are." You know, of the things I think that comes out of that too that we sometimes forget about and actually it's gonna be a disservice to those that have criticized folks for for this long because when you have that thick shell and thick skin afterwards where you can kinda go through it, but you've also continued to heighten your critical thinking skills year after year because you've had to switch between languages or even code switch or you've had to kinda persevere through different things, like the dynamics are shifting in America, right? And I think that's when these concepts of political threats come up and the breaking away from what the status quo has been mm-hmm. and empowering communities that have not traditionally been empowered, it becomes a threat. So yeah. what do they do afterwards? They enact more policies to they create more systemic yep. barriers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They try to go after lo- people who are relatively like low information, um, either voters or, or just individuals in general, to try to indoctrinate them with false messaging. Mm-hmm. That, oh, you can go out and do X, Y, and Z just as long as you follow... You know, A, B, and B, C. C, and it's not true, yep. right? So right. they pulled the wool over folks' eyes consistently. I think, you know, when we talk about the value of education here, look at how society pays and compensates teachers, teachers. and even <laughs> more substitutes that are
0: predominantly women. It yeah. is a predominantly women field. If it was a predominantly male field, oh, I wonder if the man. salaries would be a little
2: higher. But I, I think, based on the value system, this still probably, probably they still wouldn't have. value, like, probably it would. It would bump up. But where they should be in terms of like what they're actually getting, yeah. it really provides a lot of context for, for how our country as a whole sees education. Right. And yep. substitute teachers... We make I mean, nothing! Uh, Not <laughs> only nothing, no health benefits. No, nothing. Be- like basic things our, like healthcare. Our school
0: district is so in need that you are a full-time teacher as a substitute teacher. You, yes. have, co- you have opportunities to have contracts to be what we call long-term subs because... We need that many teachers, right? It's not, oh, this teacher's going to take a week off or two to go on vacation and I'm going to step in. It's, we need you to actually teach this course for the next, like, five years. I
2: think they probably said it at this point. They cannot afford to provide everyone with benefits. And so they have this system where you got people sleeping in their car that are serving as substitute teachers because they don't actually – they can't actually, like – I remember last year, the district ended up switching payment systems, right. CCSD did, and it was oh, like it was a, a, mess. a month or two week delay in payment or a month delay in payment, something like that. And I remember hearing from someone who was like, I literally am sleeping in my car now. There's no reason and that why someone is like that? an educator right. should be when we sleeping live- in their car.
3: Yeah, and also in educa- a city where the casino industry you know what I mean, why is that? It shows F-M-T. you but
0: but also with the system of education, we also I think as a society don't want to address issues like mental health, right? right. We don't want to address issues um, and so we just that cram everything, everything. that, that costs, costs money, money but like we cram a debt everything issue. into education, <laughs> right? And so it really also begs the question that I know, Sean, you and I have had this conversation: like, right. what is the role of the classroom, it is.
1: right? What, what it's is
0: it, it cre- the hours of education were created so that our parents could go to work. And yes. so, is it to babysit us? Is it to mold us into what these folks, for centuries in power, have ideas of what we need to be and behave? Right? Is it to teach us? And also, you know. I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No,
2: I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> he was not interested. Yeah. The role of the classroom overall, and the teacher, overall, right? Even, even but then, as
0: a teacher, this is what I was going to yeah. say. And then you could go as a teacher. I'm not just a teacher. I'm like, their mother. I'm their social worker. I'm their healthcare provider. Therapist. I am their Counselor. therapist. I am their doctor. Right? <laughs> I am their person who's giving them yep. food, depending on what grade you're teaching. Right? Like, and so you are. You know, teachers are are one of the toughest, um, but most resilient. Don't I think guess. workforce because. I love them. You're you're also doing it because you know you are changing the lives and leaders of tomorrow, right? And how do you bring in your pedagogy of the classroom with your background to provide multicultural education, to provide right. cultural competency, right? Like, Stop. <laughs> so no, but these as, are real conversations, and that, right? And, that's, like, and,
1: that's, are... and this is why now y'all see why I created this space because <sighs> we literally like I, um, and, I and I'm so because man, I want to keep this. This is gonna be a part two.
3: <laughs> Just do that. It has to be.
1: Just so y'all know, for season two, the 97 episode season, we will have a part two. Um, We got five minutes left. What are your last words to the
0: people? Ooh, that's a good one. I would honestly say it doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. You can be whatever you want to be and to not let one person or one instance or experience deter you from from doing whatever it is that you wanted I like I said I graduated college with a 2.9 GPA and thought I would never get into grad school and here I am in one of the best programs that i think i've ever had the privilege of being in and yeah. so you know if i listen to everybody i wouldn't be where i'm at and so if you want something or you want to be something or you're not where you want to be right now it does not mean that it's the end and, and that you can't obtain it because you can so i'm just here to say that you can and that i think everyone here is a resource i'm also really big into mentoring so don't ever feel like you know i tell this to everyone don't ever feel like you can't reach out because i have all these like weird titles in front of my name i'm yeah. still just cecilia the Brown girl that grew up
2: down the street. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. I mean, I think in keeping with the unconquerable theme of the show, uh, oh. you know, you just have, <laughs> right. Quick plug. Um, <laughs> we have to continue to figure out ways to make ourselves as individuals more unconquerable, right? And and for me, that's come in the way of putting community first for everything. Yep. So I never lead with like, how does this benefit me? Yes. Because at the end of the day, yeah. it's not gonna matter. Like, I'm still gonna be eating yep. what I'm eating for lunch or dinner. I'm still going to have a roof over my head, but if you put community first consistently and you're mission focused versus individually driven by Mm -hmm. accolades or goals, everything will fall into place where it needs to be. But as long as you're putting community first you will make yourself an unconquerable individual.
0: Yes! The plug right no. there. I uh, uh. <laughs> the can't have go after me Because I'm
2: trying to get
0: you back for earlier. <laughs> <All right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now for the RNC. And, 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 <laughs> and now for the <laughs> knockout. Dude, What's up? Free Mingo. <laughs> <Bingo. laughs>
3: No, but uh, and I am Donisha, and I say that strongly because you are you, and you say that with confidence. I don't care what room you're in. I don't care what their status is. I don't care how much money they got. I don't care what their title is. You know that you are you, and that makes you special, and you are powerful. You are strong, and just like Atar, I am big on community. So if you make meaning, you'll make money. Find Mm -hmm. meaning, and that's nothing... That it's never just about us. It's so much bigger than us. And I say this all the time. I believe one person can change the world. Because if one person can't, a million people cannot. And along with what she said, um, simply, when yeah. Cecilia, right? I don't care if it's one instance. I don't care if it's a hundred barriers that you have. You can and you will come out of it. Whatever you believe is what you will create. So know that. Uh, statistically speaking, you've been through one hundred. You've made it through one hundred percent. Of everything life has thrown yeah. at you and you will continue to be so be unconquerable yes. be the change and you can reach out to me. That's I'm
1: talking so th- ladies and gentlemen oh my I god never, <laughs> i never used to do it You I never, never used, used to,
3: to do so that? promote and i
0: would be on so many things i'm
1: like you didn't let's unpack that though that's another episode coming soon coming <laughs> soon, <girl>. coming soon. <laughs> man, first, man thank y'all so much y'all made this episode a lot of fun man like it was a heavy conversation but it was this is we need like because we have these conversations yeah. behind closed doors all the time yeah. and i sat here and was like man we don't have a platform where we can actually have these conversations because we're afraid of what may come from it. Yeah. Like, and it's like, listen, we have these conversations all the time. Don't act like we don't people right. out there. Right. Don't act like we don't have these Talking conversations.
0: About up, brother. Yeah. But I thank you for creating
3: a space because even as you begin to elevate and movie, you got to be more cautious, right? Yeah. To a degree yeah. of what you can say openly. Yeah. So thank you for allowing the space for and inviting me. Of
1: course, man. No problem. Because like, I, I would never put us in a position where we're going to dim something. We're, we're literally just asking questions and being like, "Okay, what are we going to do from here?" Because right. we're already doing the work. Like you're up at the state, you are at the legislative doing the work. You both are. You're here locally, and you go up there too. So it's like it's not like we're not here doing. Wait, can the I make
0: work. one more last plug?
1: Go ahead. What? what, what?
0: Be involved in the legislative <laughs> process. Oh, we please, want to hear from, God, you. God, <laughs> from you. Call your legislators. Look please up policy. Do. Testify. Please make do. sure that your voice is heard and that your legislators know that you are not not at the table okay so that's the last plug i'm gonna give you please do
1: <laughs> because y'all sit here and wonder why certain things get passed and you don't get
2: in. and that's why they
3: don't that's what they that's don't what want us, right. us to know about right <laughs> that's what that our exactly. everyday. by the way I,
2: i'll say this like no matter how hard folks try that is the most closed off universe yes like even until i got into that industry yeah. i mean we're talking about the, like concept of diversity overall right. the legislature in my opinion is pretty diverse but you go into the lobbyist room Or one time I was in a in a hearing right and yeah. I looked around 22 people in there and I was the only minority in that, there that's only minority right and that's where the money's coming in yeah. and so like at the same time you see how they throw like false wins at people yeah, to mm-hmm. say like Oh, you know, you're doing this and this and this, and then on the back end they'll siphon the dollars through a different way. So it's a closed-off process. We gotta continue to figure out ways to get people engaged there too. Yep. Yep, Get
1: involved, get engaged, y'all. This is episode three, Systematical Barriers with my phenomenal guest, my uncomfortable guest. We'll catch y'all next time we (laughs) out. He's ah yes,
3: (laughs) we out.